Older and vulnerable people are to be told to limit their time outdoors again under plans by the National Public Health Emergency Team to try and manage the resurgence of COVID-19. The Cabinet will meet this afternoon to discuss the latest recommendations from NEFET and any changes to the current restrictions and guidelines will be announced after they meet. Rising cases over the past two weeks have led to growing concern about the threat posed by the virus and older people will once again, it appears, be asked to bear the brunt of any new restrictions. So to discuss this further, I'm joined on the line now by Roseanne Kenny, Professor of Medical Gerontology at Trinity College and St. James's Hospital Dublin, by Charlie Bird, former RTE journalist and broadcaster, and Moss Ryan, who is Assistant Professor at the School of Biochemistry and Immunology at UCD. And thank you all very much for joining us this morning. Um, Charlie, I might start with yourself because the Irish Independent front page headline this morning is Older People Will Be Told to Limit Time Outdoors Again. What do you make of it? Well, I'm sure they'll probably put it on the COVID tracker uh, for those of us who are in an older generation. In other words, they'll be monitoring what, how, many, how, how much fresh air we get. Uh, Sarah, when I heard this this morning, I know the researcher who, who rang me, I think she may have got a fright by my response. Uh, but, you know, I'm not going to accept them throwing away the keys again for people who, are, who have a date on a birth certificate. Um, what I think what's going on at the moment is that they will distract from anything but the key issues which are actually really confronting the country. Today, you're going to have a report about nursing homes. Over the weekend, you had stories in the newspapers about the long waiting lists for people uh, who, who, who haven't got an operation, who haven't got inside a hospital. This is a complete distraction. Why would you pick a date of 70 and go back to start using that? Can I give you just two examples? First of all, I followed to the letter everything that uh, we were asked to do. I was asked to staycation, which I did. By the way, I, I gave up two seats on a Ryanair flight, which cost over 700 euros. I went instead down to West Cork for three days. I stayed in a hotel where it was properly run. Uh, I walked out in the fresh air. I met nobody. Why should we be punished? Why should everybody be punished for this when, in a sense, what should be tackled and should be dealt with is, is, are the real issues? And by the way, can I say one thing? I was listening to Mary, the Mary Wilson show last night. And I would ask every single one of your listeners to go back and listen. I think his name was Professor Jack Lambert, who was a consultant in infectious diseases at the Matter Hospital. Now, there was a person who spoke complete common sense on this issue. Okay, I, I do understand what you're saying, Charlie, about the, the sense of this being a date or an age, 70, and why would they pick that? Um, and I, I suspect that you're echoing the views and feelings of quite a lot of people, a lot of our listeners, but you do accept, do you not, that this isn't punishment. It's not Neffet sitting in a room thinking, how can we make a certain group of people feel bad? It's looking at the situation as it stands and saying Sarah, the virus Sarah, is spreading. I understand. Everybody must... Listen, we're going to have to live with this maybe for years, for years and years. And everybody has to have personal responsibility. I wear my face mask. I, I took the COVID tracker, even though a couple of days after I took it, it practically ran my mobile phone down and went nearly burned. But I am doing everything they've asked me to do in terms, I go out, I'm sensible. Mm. I've, I've got, Sarah, I've got five grandkids. I don't want anything to happen to them. I don't want anything to happen to any of my neighbours or to anybody else. But that does not mean I should stay inside. 
I live in a part of Wicklow where I can walk out and see nobody for hours. And, for and yet, absolute hours. So well, why? Well, we have a text. A mental, well, one of our there, listeners there has, a has a text. mental health <laughs> issue, not just for elderly people, but for everybody. Sure. And we have to, as a society, we have to grasp and grapple with it. And it's all very well to talk about, oh, we're going to throw away the key on 70-year-olds again. And I hate the word, absolutely hate the word uh, cocooning. And I'm going to be Charlie, we have a text here to... to, Sorry, just one second, Charlie. We have a text here, I think, that might give you... are, ...are giving the government an easy ride on this. All right. Um, we have a text here from uh, one of our listeners to say, nothing is fair about COVID-19. Older people are more vulnerable. End of story. I understand that. Sorry, that's, I didn't, I understand that. But we, if we must, I'm not going to spread it to anybody. I take complete responsibility for myself to make sure. I understand that. So will that's you follow the, the guidelines if that's what, that's what is uh, so to what come out they, from the they cabinet? Are not to move from outside our house for a number of hours every day? We don't have exactly the guidelines yet in the report, but it's Sarah, to limit, limit outside Cork, time. If you live in Allahees in West Cork, where there isn't another person maybe for five miles where your house is... Mm. Sure, what do and you I, do? You well, I suppose to stay inside. Well, I don't. I don't have the answers for it, Charlie. We're just going on a report that's in the Irish Independent. No, I understand, but, sorry, but they were the questions before because it's a blunt instrument, and we're going to. Ha- I mean, if every every couple of months that this, what, what I want to know from them is why aren't they dealing with what's happening in the care homes, in the direct provision centres, in the meat factories. Okay, well they've stay in the asleep. line if, if you don't mind. they on the watch over that and now they're able to deflect everything away from it by talking about uh, 70-year-olds again or people. I accept people, by the way, who are vulnerable. There's no, of course, it's logical. Anybody who's got an underlying illness has to protect themselves. Sure. There's no question about okay, that. Okay, we'll stay in the line, Charlie, and we'll just see if, if other people think this this recommendation, if it, if it uh, is accepted by the government, makes sense. Uh, as I said, we're also joined by Dr. Tomás Ryan, who is Associate Professor in the School of Biochemistry and Immunology at Trinity College Dublin. Um, and Tomás, w- what do you make of this idea that people who are over 70 will be told once again to restrict their, their time outdoors? Is that a sensible recommendation given where we're at at the moment in terms of the virus and its spread? Well, on the surface, it makes sense to protect uh, vulnerable people. So it seems to be a cautious strategy. But the reality is shielding doesn't work. And we know this from the past and we know this from other countries. My feeling is we're losing control of the COVID-19 situation in Ireland. And the government has to be seen to be doing something. And this is doing something, but it's not going to be effective. And the thing about shielding is that it's, it's spun as a euphemism, but what shielding really means is that it's locked down for you, but not locked down for me. Here, here. And it means that people are being put under restrictions that isolate them, that affect their mental health. And the crucial thing is that we know it doesn't work because you can't really isolate people. And the virus still gets in. The nursing homes, the care homes are case in point. And then you have multi-generational families. And a lot of the people who need to be shielded whether they're elderly or whether they're younger because they have diabetes or weight problems or other medical disorders, they rely on family members, they rely on carers, they rely on their communities, so they're still exposed to the virus. And if you look at countries that have dealt with COVID-19 very well in Asia, like South Korea, like Taiwan and others, they had no policy of shielding. What they had was a comprehensive policy for the whole population based around 
test trace isolation and, of course, masks and social distancing and hygiene. And where we are really falling down on, particularly in the last couple of days, is our test trace isolation system, which was never fast enough, which was never adequate, is now falling apart and is getting slower, even under this moderate degree of stress that the last two weeks have put it under, and it's going to get worse as schools open. Yeah, so I, I think this I, is I, We don't have a government representative on the, on the programme, but I, I'd say they would dispute the fact that it's falling apart, but it has certainly got slower. It's gone from three days on average to four days on average, um, which is obviously too slow to most, is it? Way too slow. Well, you need to go from um, presentation of experiencing first symptoms to, tra- to tracing all contacts within 72 hours at most if you're going to chase up pre-symptomatic and asymptomatic transmission. Currently, it's taking over four days on average to go from referral to tracing, and you have to add on the time it takes to speak to your GP after presenting symptoms. So, yes, right. it's too slow. So, I understand what you're saying, that shielding doesn't work in terms of suppressing the virus, but given where we are, where we are right now, and we're seeing, you know, on average 50, 60 cases, 200 on, on one day at the weekend um, per day, is it the sensible and cautious and prudent and right approach from Neffet right now until we get this back under control to say to older people, stay at home until we get this back under control? No. Um, however, I mean, it's older people may be advised to restrict their movements for their own health, but this is not going to take care of the situation for the population. Because if people who are not older are not regulating their behavior, then the virus will get to greater prevalence in younger people, which will eventually get to older people. So that solves nothing. Okay. I can't take issue with the other, ish- other proposed measures of restricting social gatherings and so on. However, I think it's too little, too late. Um, I think that we need a complete overhaul of our strategy. People need to understand what is our end goal. Are we going to live with this virus or are we going to try and open up the economy by getting rid of the virus? And if we're going to live with the virus, what will that look like? Because living with the virus means living with restrictions. And we need to know what the ideal end goal is going to be and how are we going to move towards that. OK, well, we also have uh, Roseanne Kenny on the line, Professor of Medical Gerontology. Um, and Roseanne, thank you for your patience this morning. We have a couple of texts in on this that I might put to yourself. Uh, one person agreeing with Charlie Bird, saying, I've seen many peop- older people in my rural area in West Cork suffer from loneliness and despair and age overnight, says this person. Um, and, and we have heard those, those views over the last couple of weeks and months on the show about the effects that these restrictions can have and are having on older people. Um, so what do you think older people will be thinking and what would be your concerns around it if, if they wake up and see that they're going to be told to limit their, their movements again? So I would be very concerned if people were, were um, if it was recommended that, they, that um, uh, older persons limit movements again. And, and if we go back to the, the fundamental issue here, the virus attacks our immune system. The reason that some older people and others, as, as uh, Dr. Ryan has said, those obese, diabetes, hypertension, are more vulnerable is that they don't have a robust enough immune capacity to respond to the virus and to reduce the severity of an infection. So that's the reason. The thing, one of the uh, things that we can do ourselves, which are good for our immune system is physical activity. And the other is exposure to UVB. Fresh air and sunlight are critical, vitamin D particularly. So, so, so when we're recommending things to boost the immune system, it's reduce your weight, take physical activity, particularly aerobic physical activity, and, and sunlight exposure. Furthermore, mental health 
issues, depression, loneliness, stress, significantly impact on inflammation and our immune system and attenuate our ability to respond to a viral insult. So, so for me, as a physician, recommending that people are not physically active and not exposed to UVB light, is, is, uh, is, is, it doesn't seem to make any sound sense. Furthermore, the, the um, issue with respect to independence and this, 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 this chronological number that, that seems to be selected also doesn't, doesn't chime well. Um, and, and I have to say, I, I'm sure there are a lot of people listening to Charlie Bird's uh, view there and saying it aligns very closely with what they felt themselves. This is a cohort of persons who've actually been the most compliant of anyone. Mm. And, and it, it's not good for their health. And I, I, I don't see how it's going to resolve things. The big, the big resolution, I mean, we're, we're going to have this for, for some period of time. How, we're, how can we get testing and tracing as, as rapid as possible within the 72-hour framework? How can that be? That's what we should be focusing on and the, all of the other social hygiene And, and I, do, I do understand that, Roseanne, and, and the other speakers have made that point as well, and I think a lot of people would agree with it. But I'm just wondering for older listeners who are listening right now and who may be seeing this, this afternoon a recommendation from Cabinet that they do start to limit their movements again, would you be advising them to listen to that recommendation or would you be advising them that perhaps that might have a counterproductive effect on their health, as, as you will. say? have a counterproductive effect on their health. Now, what I, would, what I would ask, and I hope the Cabinet, someone from Cabinet is listening to this discussion, um, well, of course, they won't be on time, but anyway, what, 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 what the, the ideal thing would be for, um, uh, in, the, in the immediate uh, future, that there are identified periods of time when, when, when vulnerable cohorts can actually um, access stores, shops, and go for walks decent periods of time that actually map with their um, daily routine, etc. That is one one solution. I also would say that the last time, and hopefully now, this isn't mandatory. It's merely a recommendation. Mm. People people should make their own choices. Um, and, And as I said, this is a group who understand and have been incredibly compliant. And I hope that they... Um, listen to what's being said, but apply whatever the recommendations are to, to, their, own, to their own lifestyle and common sense. Yes, indeed. But and we have a number of texts in on this, um, and I might put some of them to yourself, Charlie. Uh, one person agreeing with you saying, good on you, Charlie Bird. Most older people are able to make up their own minds. It's not fair to lock anyone to their home. COVID has put everyone young and old under stress. Another person is wondering, are we heading to a two-tier country as the over-70s are locked up while the reckless partying continues? But then Eileen has also texted in, um, um, along the same lines, really, of what Roseanne is saying there, uh, she's saying, I'm in the same age, I am the same age as Charlie Bird. I choose the time to go out for my walks where crowds are at a minimum. I don't feel I'm being locked in. This is a recommendation that I choose to follow. Well, I agree with her, but that is her choice, and that's what it should be, personal responsibility. That, uh, that is, for me, is the key to this. That lady is absolutely correct. If, if that's what she wants to do, I agree, I support her. But there are other 70-year-olds who can go out for, for a walk. I can walk outside my door, and I can walk up to a place called the Devil's Glen. I won't see another person up there. Mm. It's a 10-kilometer walk. It'll take me maybe two hours. 
I won't see another person. Why should that be limited to me? Unfortunately, everybody doesn't have that um, facility in front of them. But what really is at the root of this for me, and I want to bring it back to it, is that we are, we are, we are, we are, we're taking away from what I believe is the real debate, what should be going on now, What's happening in, what happened in the nursing homes, what I call the feck-up of the nursing homes at the beginning. What's happening, what happened in the direct provision centres, residential care centres, meat plants, and what may, what may be about to happen in relation to the Leaving Cert, the real debates about the future. Uh, that's what we should be discussing. We shouldn't be blinded. Well, well, to be fair, we are discussing all of those I, things I know, as no, well. You know, that, I mean, when I that mean, report comes out tomorrow, we will be discussing it. It suits government people to have that. That's what we're discussing this morning. It's, um, and I, I, I go back to the point. I heard the, the Labour leader, Alan Kelly, at the weekend talking about, which is this huge build-up of, of hospital waiting lists, of yeah. mental health issues. We don't want to start going back down that track. We, we have to be able to deal with this in a common-sense approach. And as I said, I agree with the lady who says that she wants to pick her time to go out. I applaud her for doing that. But what I'm saying is there should not be this complete just throw away the key of somebody when they reach an age of 70 But Charlie, hold over. on. Is, is anybody throwing away any keys? I mean, even at the height of the pandemic, it wasn't like the Gardaí were patrolling the Sorry, streets and pushing older uh, people uh, back I into their homes. I disagree with you, Sarah. For the first four weeks, and you, if, if, if that's what you're, you're under understanding was for the first three or four weeks, everybody believed that the 70-year-old thing was mandatory. All right. Go back and analyse it. I, I don't want to, cha- I want to challenge you on that. All because right. that's the way it was portrayed. Okay, and it but, took about three or four weeks before the truth and that came out. Okay, but it wasn't mandatory and know, it's not it, mandatory it, now. Sorry, so this right, is a recommendation, this is a way for the, the government. Sure, but this is a way for the government to signal to older people this is a dangerous time right now in the country. The pandemic is reaching levels that are not safe and older people we know are more affected by but this no, disease. Sorry, but you've also got to deal with, the, with what's happening um, in, 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 in a number of clubs or pubs or where, other things there are there are all there are lots of other issues that have to be dealt with yes and, and we just, spoke about that in, in detail yesterday old. i suppose is, is that not the point we are speaking about all the other issues too we spoke about direct provision at length on the show last week we've spoken about meat plants at length you know it's not that this no, is the I only know issue you spoke about them sorry that's not the issue you spoke about them but have were they dealt with by the government and mm. that's what i would say to you go back and listen to professor jack lambert uh, from the Matter Hospital last night. And there are others. Clearly, uh, your other speaker, uh, Professor Ryan from, from Trinity, uh, you know, I'm hearing common sense. Yes. And I might come back to you, Tomás Ryan, um, on that. In, in terms of dealing with this right now um, and, and, and nipping this in the bud as we see these cases rising and, and we're at a, a crucial point, I think, especially with the schools reopening, what, in your view, if, if Neffet and the Cabinet are going to come out with recommendations this evening, what would you like to see those recommendations be to try and nip this in the bud? You control this virus by controlling the spread of it in 20 to 50-year-olds. As long as it's rising in that cohort, even though they're less vulnerable, it's going to continue to spread in the population and it will get to vulnerable groups. Um, in my opinion, we need to overall the strategy with leadership, not from NEFIT, but from the government. But in the, in the next coming weeks, what we need to see is increased public communication about hand hygiene, social distancing. We need better mask wearing. We need people to limit their contacts as much as they can voluntarily 
and we need people to report their symptoms as soon as they experience them and self-isolate because there's too much delay between people actually going is to, to get us, checked. We, sort of, we know that, don't we? And these are the messages that we've been getting and it's not getting through somewhere along the line. That there is a break in the chain. So is there anything else that can be done? Improving our testing, tracing, um, isolation okay. infrastructure is absolutely crucial. Many of us sound like broken records on that subject, but we never pushed that rock over the hill. Progress was made, but we never got there, okay. and we're sliding backwards on that. So I think that we need to put pressure on the government on that particular issue. And also, I think that we need more discussion over what the actual endpoint is, what are we aiming for, because this is what living with the virus is, and it's not going very well. Okay, Charlie, I might just come back to yourself, because lots of people agreeing with you, a couple of people disagreeing with you too. I understand um, that. i just give you a couple of the texts. Uh, I think Charlie is taking uh, too narrow an interpretation of the over-70s cocooning. It's about social distancing, not imprisonment. Another person says, with respect to Charlie, these measures are for his safety and for those that of others. He shouldn't throw the baby out with the bathwater. That comes from Sinead in Sligo. I'm not, I'm not throwing the baby out with the bathwater. I understand everything about social distancing. And you, I believe that if you, I, I don't want to keep harping on on the 70-year-olds. So I believe people in the older generation of people do understand the message and have been living with it and have been doing it properly. As I, I, I bring this back to my own neighbours. I have six or seven people in the area where I live who are over 70, and I see them doing all the right things all of the time. Mm-hmm. And I do them myself. I do them right all the time because I understand. I do understand uh, if one doesn't um, look after your own health, then you could, give, you could give this. I could pass it on to my grandkids. I could pass it on to my friends. And I'm not going to do that. We take personal responsibility. But I, I come back to this. 70-year-olds, a date on a birth certificate should not be the easy target. And I just applaud the, the last two speakers um, for, for the things they've said. And I all do right. wish uh, that the government actually woke up to it. All right. Well, thank you all so much for joining us this morning. That's Roseanne Kenny, Professor of Medical Gerontology at Trinity College Dublin, uh, Charlie Bird, former RT journalist and broadcaster, and also Tomas Ryan, Assistant Professor at the School of Biochemistry and Immunology in UCD. We'll be back after this. Today with Sarah McInerney on RTE Radio 1.